You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show. Presented by Diet Pepsi on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, good morning, everybody. Let's do this. Let's go. It's a brand new week. It's a beautiful week. It is gorgeous. Going to get cooler by the weekend. Uh, by the weekend, we're going to have some real football weather. They're talking about, uh, you know, cool temperatures at night. Uh, as we get into October, it's going to feel like fall, and uh, we could certainly use a little bit of rain. But in terms of the temperatures, you know, still pretty pretty warm up through uh the middle of the week but by the end of the week we're talking 80 for a high on friday 75 on saturday and how about this 70 on sunday lows by the weekend into the 50s and then into the 40s so really going to uh going to have some good football weather welcome into the program i'm gary harris the gary harris show justin jones right there manning the controls taking your phone calls on the first to main condos hotline. And let me go ahead and tell you really quickly that we're going to have a change in the lineup today with Casey Smith on golf. He's got to, uh, he's got to play in a golf tournament this morning <laughs> over in Atlanta. So, uh, he is going to move up in the schedule. So I'll run that down real quickly this hour. I'm the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member owned and not for profit and a proud sponsor of the Tuscaloosa Toyota Golf Classic, which was just Concluded on Sunday over at Old Colony. Great event, and uh, Alabama Credit Union was one of the presenting sponsors for the Tuscaloosa Toyota Golf Classic. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your pocket. Our Casey Smith in golf, on golf uh, has to play in a golf tournament, but we wanted to get him on today but with the Ryder Cup having concluded. <clears throat> so he'll be with us in the next segment at 9.15, and then Rodney Orr with his usual uh, window at 9.30. That means the Back half of the show, the second hour, we're wide open. We're guest-free. So I know we'll squeeze in a lot of phone calls, and that's why we're going to go ahead and jump out on the First Domain Condos hotline right now because we've got uh, Joseph and then Corey ready to go. So we'll get to Joseph and then Corey here in the first segment and then come back with Casey Smith on golf. Good morning, Joseph. Joseph, you with us? Joseph. Yeah, it says he's there. Justin, let's move on to Corey. Joseph can call us back. Uh, hey, good morning, Corey. And good morning, Gary. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, my friend. A good win for Alabama over there in uh, Stark Vegas on Saturday night. Yeah, it was. Um, defense played well. Um, offense did what they needed to do, and um, very proud of how they <laughs> played. Um, uh, the only thing that might have disappointed me just a little bit was the run defense at times, but I, like Saban said, I don't think they expected Mississippi State to run it on third third down as much, but I mean, they did everything they needed to do, and uh, they got turnovers, and I was um, I was pleased. Yeah, and also I think got a ta- got a touchdown taken off the board. I, when I saw it in real time over there at the game, I thought it was a touchdown on the pass from uh, um, J- 
Jalen to Nye Black. And then when I got home and watched the game back on TV, that was a touchdown. He caught the ball in the end zone. He got his foot down. And they never even looked at it. They just, the official called it incomplete and they just ran up there and ran a play. Uh, but, um, yeah, good solid win. I'm with you. Mississippi State uh, kind of, kind of fooled Alabama a little bit. Uh, I think based on tendencies, uh, you know, they, they've popped Alabama with some third down and long runs. Give them credit. But, uh, the good news is it was 31 to 10 at the half and Alabama really never, uh, you never felt like Mississippi State was in the game a little bit, maybe so after that opening drive of the third quarter when they went 75 yards. Give them credit for that and made it uh, 31-17. But Alabama answered with a field goal to get it back up to three store scores and never really was uh, in jeopardy. Uh, Milrow, 10 of 12, 164 yards, uh, no turnovers, ran for 69 yards and two touchdowns. The defense, as you said, uh, Played really well, and it was a good, solid win, giving them some more momentum headed into what's going to be a buzzsaw. Uh, that's going to be a really tough environment on Saturday afternoon out in College Station at Kyle Field. I promise you that, Corey. Um, what did you think of the Ole Miss LSU game? Because bad loss for LSU. Just crazy, just crazy. I uh, yeah, bad loss for Brian Kelly. Great win for Kiffin. I I was uh, we were driving over to Starkville, and I was monitoring the game, and then we got up up there. Uh, you know that game didn't end until after eight o'clock, and so we were sitting there at the. Uh, uh, in my seat and Ryan Fowler uh, was next to me and he pulled the game up on his phone and we saw the end of it and it was just, uh, it was just nuts. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, it's one of those games where if you win it, um, uh, you're excited and if you lose it, man, it's, it's devastating. So, um, that's the way it went down. No, no, no defense. Defense was optional. Over 1300 total yards. Uh, one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was um, crazy because Ole Miss nearly blew it because of the last play. But um, I was happy for Lane Kiffin to get that win because um, they jumped out to a two-touchdown lead and couldn't hold it. And then uh, they got the lead back and held on. And then um, um, there were some other interesting games, um, USC and Colorado. um USC had to hold on to an onside kick. To sure did. Hold on again. Yeah. I tell you what, defense is optional under Lincoln Riley. I know. Yeah, he's never been known for defense, but that's a case with a lot of these, um, a lot of these schools. Now, like we said, it's the way the game is too. It, it's hard to play really good defense. I mean, it's, it's just, it's difficult. And most of these teams are going <clears> to, <throat> they're offensive minded and they're going to try to outscore you. But because of that, like you said, no, no lead is ever safe. I mean, I think Colorado was down, what, 35 to seven and they came back and cut it to a touchdown. And then, uh, Central Florida had like a, what was a, 35 to 7 lead in the third, 35 to 10 in the fourth, and they got beat by Baylor 36-35. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's crazy. You're really never out of a game anymore. So for Alabama to play the kind of defense it's playing right now, you know, they held uh, Middle Tennessee to 7. They held uh, South Florida to 3, Ole Miss to 10, which looks really good, Mississippi State to 17, and, and of course, um, Texas got 34 on them, but 21 of those came in the fourth quarter. Texas only had 13 going to the fourth quarter. So Alabama's playing a lot better defense than most teams around the country, and that's the way they're going to have to play. I think this team has kind of found its identity. They're going to be a physical team, going to play good defense. You know, the quarterback can use his legs. He's been he's becoming efficient as a passer, and, and uh, you know, Alabama's going to have a chance in every game they play. Would you say Brock Bowers is just unguardable? I'd say he's, he's I, right now – I mean, he's got to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. I mean, I, I, he's special. He's a special football player. And, um, 
Um, yeah, he seemed unguardable for for Auburn. That's for sure because Auburn did a, did a, did a lot in that game, had a chance to win. And if Georgia doesn't have Brock Bowers, um, Auburn probably does win. But Georgia does have Brock Bowers, and he's a cheat code. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> he is an incredible football player, and I, you know, there's no rule that says a tight end can't win the Heisman. I think he needs to be a Heisman candidate. I understand you got Caleb Williams. I understand you know you got quarterbacks, and and um, that's where it usually starts with, and, and maybe a running back. But I think. Brock Bowers is an incredible football player. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I tweeted it, tweeted to you yesterday about the the Braves and the home run record, and the reason why I was kind of not, not disappointed, but in a way, kind of well, okay, I take it back. I was disappointed because anytime you have a tie in something, you just feel kind of empty because he worked all that, he, he did all that work just to tie and. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure the Braves are proud about it, but you just, you, you work, you do all that just to tie. Yeah, that's why I wish the record could go on into the, the, into the postseason. Well, but, they'd have given Austin Riley a, um, you know, inside the park home run, they wouldn't have tied. And then it was a Rosario that hit the top of the wall. So, um, you know, but it is what it is. I mean, you can't you can't extend it into the postseason. It, it's the it's the the record is for 162 games, and and uh, you know, Braves tied the, the all time record, and you know, almost almost got it. So, hey, listen, uh, Corey, great phone call. I got to run because I've got to make sure I hit this next segment on time because of the fact that uh, Casey Smith's going to be with me then Rodney Orr. But uh, good to hear from you, my friend. Good talk to you here, Rota. All right, it's 11 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and uh, we've got to get Casey Smith on and then Rodney Orr. So um, we'll be – listen, in the second hour, we're going to have plenty of time for phone calls. We're going to have plenty of time for phone calls in the second hour, and uh, we'll be we'll be good to go then. But I've got to get to Casey Smith moving him up because he's playing in a golf tournament, so he can't do his usual 1030 slot. So he'll be with us in the next segment, and then we will get to um, Rodney Orr, and then I can send the second hour. All these people that are calling in now, folks, uh, be patient with us. We'll get you on in hour number two. We'll be back with Casey Smith on golf. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM. All of the West Alabama has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. 
The weather stays unseasonably warm today. A good supply of sunshine, the high at 88. Mostly clear tonight, below 64. If we stay dry tomorrow and Wednesday, mostly sunny both days. Highs between 86 and 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 914, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And normally we have Casey Smith on 1030, but you know when you're Casey Smith... And you live the life of, of, uh, that he lives. You have to, I have to be willing to adjust because he's got to play in a golf tournament today. God forbid we got to have a, uh, play in a golf tournament on a Monday morning over in Atlanta. So we got to change the whole show around to get Casey on because we definitely want to talk Ryder Cup. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Gary. Somebody from America's got to win, right? I mean, that's, that's, uh, some of us have got to win. At least, at least I'm trying to win today. That's the, that's the uh, takeaway from that. <laughs> well, based on your history, I like your chances. Uh, didn't like the chances of, of Team USA because of the recent history for 30 years or so over in Europe. But at the same time, you looked at the team on paper and you thought, well, if nothing else, it's going to be close. But it really wasn't. Um, it would have taken a miracle comeback for Team USA yesterday. And they did show some grit. But this one was really wrapped up on day one, really wrapped up in the opening foursomes. I mean, you can't go out and, and go down 4-0 right off the bat and expect to win a Ryder Cup. And, and that's what that's what happened to Team USA. And they were they were running uphill the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. The um, Solheim Cup, the ladies from Europe at the Solheim Cup, definitely defied the odds from that to retain the cup, even though that ended in a tie. They were down 4-0, and I sort of held on to hope for that after it started. But the guys that are on the European team of this European team are much different than the ladies, no, no disrespect, but are most, much different than the ladies that were on that uh, team, and they weren't going to allow for a comeback from Europe. Those guys, I mean... The amount of chip-ins and put-ins, I mean, you got to tip your cap to Europe for how well they played. They played really, really great golf um, and, and seized the moment. Um, but then on the other hand, we had guys not ready to play, bad form, rusty. And, and that's really your own fault because you got to got to go over there, be prepared. It happens every two years, and you're currently on a, you know, 33-decade losing streak for away games. So... I, uh, disappointed that we lost, big time disappointed. I hope they're going to have to go back to the drawing board for sure, if you ask me, and I'll get to more of that as we go through this. Yeah, they, they do have to go back to the drawing board, but I think at the same time, you can't, <clears throat> you can't, you know, you can't fake passion and you can't put passion in somebody that doesn't have it. And I think the U.S. talks a good game, but clearly in terms of how they go about their business, the Europeans, uh, um, they take this event more seriously than the United States does. And um, and you can say what you want about Justin Thomas, but he is the one guy after he got picked, he decided to play uh, in a tournament and, you know, get himself ready. And uh, I thought he played really well in the event. He and uh, Jordan Spieth got a half point in their first match, should have won that match. And then Spieth just really, really, really struggled. And uh, But JT came back yesterday and won his individual match against uh, Seb Straka. And, and I thought he displayed at least the kind of passion and the kind of determination that, uh, for the most part, was lacking from this U.S. team. 
Yeah, I mean, I've got to give him credit. He showed up ready to play. I thought he played well. Uh, some of his losses are, I feel like, on Zach Johnson. I know he and Spieth are a very formidable opponent for the Europeans, but uh, Spieth, you got to go somewhat on current form, and I know that's a little bit of a, a JT's form going in wasn't great, but in golf, current form can change in, within a day or two. I mean, look, going back to Solheim Cup, Lexi Thompson's been in horrible form, but she got put out there early because the captain noticed she was in great form. So I would say um, Justin Thomas played well. And it's funny how the two guys who I thought really played the – three guys who I thought played the best, two of them played recently. Max Holma by far played the best golf right. for the United States. He played He played in Napa. Justin Thomas played second or third best for the United States, and he played in Napa. Wyndham Clark was the other. He went 1-1-1, one, one, and, um, and he didn't. But I heard he is grinding his tail off uh, to be prepared. So it's all about preparation. Uh, I thought that – uh, JT was put in some really bad situations because, you know, Zach uh, Johnson talked a lot about using analytics. And then if you talk to the analytics people, he didn't even use analytics. So he talked a lot about that. Same thing with the captain's picks. He talked a lot about, I mean, he was behind a lot of needing the six picks. He and Luke Donald agreed on that. The first time I'd ever had six captain's picks, he really didn't venture off except for JT. Um, which is, which would, was a great pick. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in Zach Johnson and, and what he did. And I thought he was a nice guy, super nice guy, really bad captain. And, you know, like you said, the Europeans embraced the Luke Donald had the videos put together and, uh, they were doing a lot of things that team building, like you see out of college football teams that are good or basketball teams. Uh, he, he took the script of motivational videos. The U.S. team's too cool for school. You know, they don't want to do anything that they don't want to do. It's on their own schedule. They've had this sort of non, uh, you know, individual style team event approach, which worked in Whistling Straits, hasn't worked on the road. And I would say you better do that on the road because you need your team all in for, a, for an away game. They need to be battle tested. They need to be leaning on each other. And you got to send some guys out there that are, the Europeans are going to fear. And, and that's why I think the biggest miss, if you look at Europeans' recipe for winning the Ryder Cup in the last three decades, has been regardless. And why he had those six picks, Luke Donald, you know, one of the ones being behind it is he thought he might need to take some guys down the list, a, a Poulter. Um, you know, he didn't know how that was going to play out. A Sergio. And it wound up being some of the, like, Ludwig Oberg, who was one of the best college players just this past, this year. Um, and, and we didn't, we didn't do that. And I, I just think it's a big miss. I think you, it's a major miss to not have Dustin Johnson on that team who went 5-0 and whistling straights. Every one of those Europeans, they don't want to play him. He's really, really good and doesn't practice a lot as it is. He's sort of current form all the time. And you know, Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, he has been on a hot streak at the live. It, whether you like him or not, he went five, he, he went, he won the U.S. Amateur match play event. He won the NCAA match play event. And he's a thorn in someone's side. No one wants to play him. Uh, he bleeds red, white, and blue. And so they're just going to have to get out of politics and figure this out. I feel like this was, Zach Johnson was like the guy who gets hired as a football coach at a school just because he went there. And it was like, he's just in line. Let's just get him. He's a super nice guy, and he'll follow the company line. 
if we want to win on the road, we got to take the best guys over there. Do you think Dustin Johnson or Ricky Fowler is more intimidating, right? Uh, I think they're going to have to also change that the major points don't count double in uh, the year of a Ryder Cup because that skews that a little bit. They need to go and take the best 12 players over there, regardless of what tour they're playing on, and to give us the best chance to win. Speaking of Zach Johnson, and uh, as you said, I, I don't that that opening four foursomes just I don't think anybody that follows golf had could figure out what he was doing. I mean, I, I exactly. You know, it's just it, it, people were miffed, and then I thought he really stepped over the line late in one of uh, the matches with with Thomas and, and Spieth when he. You know, it's one thing to be the coach. He went over and pulled a club for for Jordan Spieth and told him to hit three wood instead of driver, and he promptly wasn't enough club. And he hit it in the water. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, it's one thing to be a captain and set pairings, and, but to start telling what guys what club to hit. I mean, I, I thought that. Yeah, was... I mean, he's not a college. He's not a college golf coach. You know, I coached at college. Like I, I knew the kids what they were hitting. They were college coaches. He is a yeah. captain, and not of the best players on earth. They're caddies are really their, you know, coaches that are going to help them make that decision. It's blowing into them. You know, it's 300 and something yards to get to the front of that green. If he was standing there seeing balls barely make it from guys that are 30 and 40 yards longer than Rory uh, or or than Steve, uh, it just was the silliest thing ever. And they probably were going to lose that match. But, it, it, I mean, you're, you know, anything can happen. And as soon as it hits in the water, it frees Rory up just to pound one in the middle of the green. You didn't put any pressure on him. I thought that's just a total miss, just getting in the way, trying to make something happen, where he really just should have said, you know what, Jordan Spieth lost his swing. Let me put someone else with Justin Thomas, right? Let me put Wyndham Clark with Justin Thomas and send him out instead of sitting him. There's just a lot of that, like, the, the analytics people's minds are blown because he – talked about analytics and then he didn't use them for pairings to pair the people as he was talking about he just let the friends go out didn't care about form so that's a recipe for taking a loss yeah certainly all right um we probably had as much controversy with this Ryder cup as any i can remember and it's always you know over the last 30 years or so it's been pretty chippy but You've got a lot of partisanship, everything, I think, from a European reporter trying to create a scandal with Patrick Cantley in the hat. Uh, there's really, from what I've seen, no no facts to support that Cantley didn't wear the hat because he wants to be paid for playing in the Ryder Cup. But the guy stirred that up. And then, of course, he didn't have the hat on, so the Europeans were giving him grief. And, and then on, on Saturday, um, you know, Cantley makes three – Huge putts on 16, 17, and 18. And on 18, Joe LaCava, his caddy, caddy takes off the hat. And, and you know, Rory was ticked. And it led over into uh, the parking lot at the hotel. And I thought we might have us a little, you know, WWE wrestling there for a while. I thought we might have. We might actually have golf turn into, um, you know, physical confrontations. And it, and it, listen, it brought a lot of interest. But that's. That's not what golf is supposed to be. And the more I think about Ricky Fowler conceding yesterday the three-and-a-half-footer to Fleetwood, initially I was upset at the same time. You know, he did show some sportsmanship there. Europe was going to uh, win the cup anyway. So I, I'm setting you up there for all the different things that were kind of outside the actual golf itself that went on during this Ryder Cup. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the number one thing is Rory McIlroy doesn't want the smoke from Joe LaCava. He's a man. He's a beast. I've... A lot of people I know that know him. He, he you oh, know, Tiger Woods. Joe would choke Tiger him. Woods. Joe would choke him out in about ten yeah. seconds. 
Tiger Woods had two caddies in a row that were basically head of security and head caddy, and that's Steve Williams and Joe LaCava. They're men. They don't. They are men among boys out there. And uh, and Rory didn't want that. And, and and Rory has celebrated more than anyone, screaming at people. And I know the caddy's supposed to stay out of the way, but a lot to be made about that. As nothing, I think it's just water under the bridge. It did make it more heated. It probably woke Cantlay up. It, he, you know, made it a little bit more inter- interesting from that that feeding that Cantlay didn't wear a hat at Whistling Straits because the hats don't fit. Rory hasn't worn a hat in the past. Same reason. His, his whole hatless, uh, wearing, wearing no hat was, he said the same thing. My head's smaller, hats don't fit. Uh, that's all it is. I think they all think they should get paid, but they're, they all, they think they should get paid because of how much money the event produces. They forget though that they, they each get $200,000 of charity to their choice. So that's a write off and a good look. But, um, you know, and, and as for Ricky conceding the putt, I think that was a little early. Uh, I do think it's good sportsmanship. He is a super nice guy. I thought that was very soft. It's, you know, the make percentage from there is about 90%. Uh, but the cut wasn't really in, uh, done. I mean, they probably were going to win, but that opened up the floodgates for them for it to just really be over. I mean, that was it. Um, so I, I think that he, he should have made him put that out given that Fleetwood is, you know, uses the claw and he's got some scars with those short putts. So, um, it really would have made that interesting, I think. And I, I think that was a miss. And I think he's a good sport. And, and I think there's a way to handle that when it's, you know, a foot or two, but like really, really short. But that was outside the putter length. Uh, wouldn't have been a gimme in a game. And I think that's sort of the, the general rule. All right. We've got a couple minutes left. Um, disappointment, but, uh, I, I do think this. I think the Ryder Cup's kind of turned into the Iron Bowl a little bit. Um, you know, when Auburn plays in Tuscaloosa, they don't uh, uh, they don't even really entertain winning anymore. But when it's down there, uh, they expect to win. Uh, Europeans expect to win on European soil, but now they have the challenge of coming back over here in two years and trying to win on on U.S. soil. And uh, you know, the United States um, has been strong over here. So, uh, what are you seeing in two years? Well, I see they're going to have to add a lot of security at Beth Page because the New York fans are going to be crazy and nuts. Uh, I hope it doesn't get out of control. And they do remember it is golf and as, you know, be fans and support your team and, and don't ruin this for everyone because it's going to be chaos. It's going to be nuts up there. Um, we're going to be hungry for a win. Hopefully we set the course up as they do. They have over there to our continue to do that. We've done it over here. We like faster greens. They put it, they had slower greens over there and it worked to their advantage. Um, our guys are used to playing on super fast greens. Their guys play a little slower greens and it's, that was one of the biggest differences to me. Uh, that they, you know, and their guys had also played a lot in advance though, which I thought was very smart. And I hope our team takes that formula. I think we're going to, we're going to win over here. I think it's set up just like you said. Now, what we, what, what will we do? In four years, and I suspect they're going to catch enough criticism this time, and there's been enough fracture in golf. By then, they're going to have it figured out, and we'll take a lot better team over there. Uh, and some of their guys, you know, I mean, on paper, we're, we're always the favorite. We shouldn't be the favorite over there anymore going forward, period. I mean, we haven't, we've been the favorite every year, and we lose. Uh, we'll be the favorite here, and I think we'll win. 
All right, real quickly, just uh, moving on from the Ryder Cup. Now we can get back to the business of, uh, of regular golf where all these guys are buddies and most of the European team lives over here in the United States and Florida anyway. So it's all kind of, uh, you know, uh, they're kind of co-joined, if you will. But, uh, you know, we got the live deal hanging out there and, and we're going over. But real quick word on that. I, I think a lot of the, the disappointment that I saw on social media was a lot of Americans pulling against their own team. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they wanted live guys on there. You already alluded to that, but, uh, that's, that's disappointing. Real quick answer to that. When you've got, when you've got American golf fans pulling against their own team, come on, man. I mean, put, put, uh, yeah, PGA I mean, it doesn't aside. matter. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's out there. You should be pulling for your country or just move uh, if you don't like it. I, I, I just think it's that's ridiculous. They've let golf's been fractured through bad leadership, and now you got fans pulling against the own team. I mean, I saw a lot of people, uh, you know, Patrick Reed's wife being the cheerleader of all. I noticed she was leading all the cheers against. So, um, yeah, it's, that's silly. And, uh, hey, one other thing I think we should make sure we, we, we note is congratulate Nick Dunlap, uh, on his win last week at the SEC match play. 15 under par, 198 to win, medalist honor, second lowest total score in school history, and one of five in program history and the first since 2015 to shoot a sub-200 round. So God stays on a roll and a heater, and boy, we could have used him this past week at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I said this on uh, the air last week that right now I think that Nick Dunlap is the number one. I mean, I don't know if he's ranked that way, but I think he's the best amateur golfer in the world right now. I mean, you'd have to say that coming off the summer, I mean, wouldn't if, you? If he's not, if he's not been, but if he, and that's just flawed ranking system. If he's not, I mean, what else does he need to win to be the number one amateur? He's beaten everyone in every type of event possible. Uh, the guy's a stud and a future pro, and. Uh, if you, you know, you can get out to watch him for free right now at a college event. If you get one near you, you should go watch him because he is really, really, really good at golf. All right. Great. Uh, we'll go win that tournament today, Casey. Thanks, Gary. That's the plan. All right, my friend. All right. It's, uh, good to have you. It's 931. We're going to get to the break. Come back with Rodney Orr from TyderInsider.com. Get back on football next right here on Tide 100.9 FM. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. behind this morning, but like I said, uh, had to move uh, Casey Smith on golf up this morning so that we could get his segment in coming off the Ryder Cup. I didn't want to wait until tomorrow, uh, but we'll have plenty of time for Rod Newar from TiderInsider.com and TiderInsider TV to break down uh, Alabama, Mississippi State, and of course look ahead to what is going to be a, a hornet's nest out at uh, Kyle Field and College Station this coming Saturday against Texas A&M. Good morning, Rodney. Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing well. Let's jump right into uh, what we saw this past Saturday night in Starkville. Alabama up 31-10 at the half, took advantage of their opportunities in that game. And and um, um, it wasn't over, but they were in good shape. Give State credit. They came out and went 75 yards to open the third quarter, 31-17. But Bama answered with a field goal to get it back up to three scores and then took care of the ball, didn't do anything Fancy defense played well, and they get out of there with a uh, pretty dominant forty to seventeen uh, victory over the Mississippi State Bulldogs at uh, Davis Wade Stadium. What were your takeaways? Well, I like to start with positives, and I would say that uh, 
you know, I think defensively we saw some real hints of a of a really good defense. Uh, I, I don't think they're elite like Rod Gilmore said, but I think they're really good and they're getting better. I think I, I, the thing that I really see about the team overall is just kind of the mental toughness, the focus, the intensity, the effort that they play with. To me, is on a different level than it's been the last few years. Uh, you know, probably since 2020, and I know in 2021 they showed that some, but I really think right now what I see are some hints of the way they used to play with intensity and effort. And I'm talking about overall, uh, you know, especially on the defense. But again, overall, you could see it in this team. And I saw some of that toughness, and I think that was a real positive. Uh, you know, that was my my best takeaway. I would think in terms of encouraging things that I saw. Let's get to the quarterback, uh, Jalen Milrow, because a lot of the talk is about, well, he can't turn the ball over. Uh, well, he didn't. He, and he only threw it 12 times, uh, but he went 10 of 12 for 164 yards. And, and I thought when I watched it live, and when I got back and watched it on TV, I was amazed they didn't at least look at the Nye Black catch in the end zone because it looked like a touchdown. But uh, – Regardless, he ran for 69 yards and two scores and uh, still held the ball too long sometimes. Took some sacks maybe that uh, he doesn't need to take. But overall, how would you assess Jalen Milrose playing the game? Yeah, I mean, he did okay. He was better, much better in the second half. Uh, he really struggled in the first half. Uh, you know, like you said, holding on to the ball, taking sacks where he could have gotten rid of the ball. Um you know, but I thought they did a better job in the second half. He did a much better job. He actually made some throws, I thought, in the second half that maybe he he would not have pulled the trigger on earlier, but he seemed to play with a little more confidence, made a little few more throws. I think if he can continue to develop in that, then he can uh, make some real improvement and give Alabama a chance to be very successful offensively. So I thought that was encouraging that, again, once again, I think just like the Ole Miss game, he played better as the game went along. You look at um, the special teams, and and uh, we've had a couple of miscues in special teams, but not in terms of the kicking and the punting, and and that continued on Saturday night. And you know, Rockers' kicks in the second half were big uh, because they gave Alabama that cushion. I think he's hit twenty two field goals in a row going back to last year. Burnup has become a weapon, and you figure this team's going to be in some close games down the stretch in the SEC. How big is it to to have a, a punter and a place kicker that you can count on consistently? Yeah, it's huge, especially the way this team plays. I mean, you know, this is not an explosive offensive team. They don't score a lot of points uh, for the most part. I mean, you know, actually, uh, what was it, 40-17? to 17? Could have been a 26-17 game. Two plays were the difference. Uh, you know, a couple of interceptions. So I think any time in games that you have that are close games, and they're going to have several coming up, when you have weapons like Reichard, uh, you know, who is almost automatic. And then you have Burnup, who's, I mean, what a tremendous punt he had there, that first punt. Kendrick Law did a tremendous job. I think maybe the most impressive uh, play of the, the game uh, in terms of special teams was Connor Talty making that tackle on the yeah, sideline. Yeah, I mean, that might have been he, a big broke, return. Yeah, he broke down and, yeah, probably saved a touchdown. Ronnie Orr with us from TitleInsider.com, Insider TV. Um, lines of scrimmage. Early in the year, uh, particularly in the in the Texas game, um, that was an issue, even against South Florida some. But, boy, the, the Alabama seems to finally, on both sides, uh, particularly the offensive line, which had struggled early in the year, but the, the defensive line, too, starting to get after the quarterback. It seems like this team on the line of scrimmage is really coming around to me. 
Yeah, it does. I mean, I think they are better. Uh, you know, I see the improvement on the offensive line. It's good to see that they're playing a few more guys. Pritchett's getting some snaps. I think he got 14 or 15 in this game, and I'm talking about in a meaningful time. Uh, I think the defensive front is, is, is okay. I mean, they're, at times they got gashed, uh, but I think they made a few adjust, adjustments and uh, played better. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you got Dallas Turner, you've got Chris Braswell made some big plays. I really, Jihad Campbell on the inside, at, at inside backer, he's a future star. I think he had 14 tackles in the game, had an interception. I thought Trez Marshall really played well. I thought he played fast. Uh, so that was good to see, you know, with Deontay Lawson out. And I thought Blackshire, too. So I was really impressed with him. But, uh, you know, I think the interior defensive line, they, they played they played solid for the most part from what I you know observed. Uh, but again, I, this is a real big challenge coming up. I think they've got on Saturday uh, that they're going to be tested. Yeah, they are going to be tested. And you know, when you look at this game coming up, and, and we'll go ahead and, and, and get into it because uh, it's a big one. I mean, the winner of this game, and still not, we're not even halfway through the season. I get it, but the winner of this game on Saturday in College Station is going to be, you know, the favorite to win the SEC West. And we keep hearing about it's going to be A and M's year. And then they went down to Miami and laid an egg, but that didn't cost them. That, that wasn't a conference game. And you could certainly argue that they're in a good position, um, with Alabama coming there with the team that A&M has and the talent and the way they've recruited. Um, you can make a strong case for A&M to be the favorite here. They're not the betting favorite because again, it's Alabama, but I think in a lot of people's minds, Alabama's the underdog in this game. Rodney, would you agree with that? I would. I really would. And you know what? Listen, I, I think you, you you made some points there. Obviously, I think Texas A&M is extremely talented. I know that upsets some Alabama fans. I know it upsets some on Tider Insider. I've seen it over the weekend. They can't understand why anyone would be have, have concern about Texas A&M. But this is an extremely talented team. They've recruited probably as well up front defensively, if not better, than any team in the country over the last two or three years. Uh, they've got a load of defensive linemen. I mean, you can look at Walter Nolan making plays. You can look at Shamar Turner. You can look at, uh, you know, other players. McKinley Jackson's been in the mix. Uh, they've got so many defensive linemen that they can shuffle in there. Uh, they're really good defensively, I, I, I think, up front. Um, you know, offensively, when you look at them, I'm impressed with their run game. I, I thought they ran the ball pretty well against uh, to Arkansas. I think they're physical. Uh, I think, obviously, the quarterback, Wigman, going down. I'll say this. I think Max Johnson, this is my opinion. Uh, I think Max Johnson is a guy that he just seems to have a, a bit of a settling effect on their team. He's got a maturity. Uh, he may not be as talented. He may not have the upside as Wigman. And I think that's why Jimbo and, and uh, Petrino went with Wigman is his upside. They could see as the season went along, as he got more experience, he was going to be really good. I think, but for where they are, where they were when he went down, Max Johnson is probably uh, ahead of him. So I think just because they're playing the second string quarterback, I, I still think he's a very dangerous player. I think he's gonna, he's got a chance to be really effective. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And you hate it for, for Wigman to go down with that injury. Uh, you hate it for the kid, but I think A&M benefited. I think this is a, a case of, Addition by subtraction. I think they're a better football team with Max Johnson and, and of course, 
you know, it'd have to happen a couple weeks before Alabama's scheduled to play him, Rodney, but I, I agree 100% there. I mean, you look at his maturity, you look at his ability to see the field and, and get him in the right play and distribute the football. The other kid's probably going to be a terrific player, but right now for this team, I think A&M benefited from the injury in terms of their team, not in terms yeah. of what the young man, because you're right, Max Johnson, and that's something else. You know, you you look at Milrow and you look at him, you're trying to get experience on the fly. Max Johnson's got so much experience, Rodney, at two different programs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he started as a true freshman. He had the biggest win of the year for LSU that year when they beat Florida, if you remember, shortly before the Alabama game in the SEC championship game. I mean, he's a, he's a really mature kid. There's a lot to say for the maturity and the experience that he has. Again, does that mean he's as physically talented? No. I mean, obviously, Wigman has a lot of gifts. But I just think for the maturity that he brings to the offense, um, you know, I think that's uh, I think that's really key. Now I'll say this about Milrow. Let's be clear, uh, because people, it's it's one thing to point out, okay, this is where a guy is deficient right now. It doesn't mean that he can't get better. It doesn't mean that he can't improve. We've seen some improvements in Milrow, and it certainly doesn't mean this. And this is my point: there's not a guy waiting in the background. Unless it's Dylan Lonergan as a young player, maybe when he gets experience with his ability. But there's not a young player waiting in the background to come to the rescue when Milrow makes mistakes. And, and that's the, the, I think that's what fans are, you know, they're used to some of these quarterbacks that have been top level quarterbacks, haven't really needed a lot of time to develop, even though Mac did, but Tua and Bryce were almost instantly ready to go. But I say that to say there's not another quarterback in the background that's that's ready to step in and be that guy. I think there are some fans that think there is, but there's not. Yeah, this is the best option right now for Alabama, and they're playing the way that they they need to play. It's funny when you were talking about those defensive linemen, you mentioned several by name. Um, you know, give it to A&M. All, all three of those guys you mentioned were heavily recruited by Alabama. Heavily recruited. And, you know, it's one of those things. You and I talk about it sometimes. There's few guys can, can tilt the, the balance of power. If Alabama's got those three defensive linemen on their team and A&M doesn't, this is probably a different game. That's why recruiting is important. And that's, you know, what we see sometimes when you get those guys, you've got the edge and not saying that A&M has a, a big edge on Alabama, but can you imagine Alabama's defensive front if they added those three guys to go along with what they have and, and A&M didn't have those guys, but they do. And like you said, you got, you got to, point that out because they are really good up front on defense next level good i i think you know you could look at alabama's outside linebacker room and i think there's seven or eight five stars in that group that were rated five stars by one service or another well you can look at texas a&m's roster on the defensive line interior defensive linemen and they probably got six or seven five-star players i'm going to guess that were five stars by one of those services or another uh, they're extremely talented up front. I mean, they really are. Uh, with, with that said, Gary, you know, I'll go back when you evaluate this game and look at it. I really like uh, kind of the the mentality of this Alabama team uh, right now. I mean, I, I sense that in this last game especially. I, I think they made a lot of improvement in that regard. We're starting to see that. I mean, we've seen a lot since that Texas game. 
what we saw in the second half of the Ole Miss game, what we saw on the road at Mississippi State. I, I just think that, that Alabama is – and Nick Saban is obviously working extremely hard to get that same kind of mental intensity, the mental focus that they used to play with. Mm-hmm. You can see. You can see him on the sideline. We saw a different Nick Saban, in my opinion, on the sideline Saturday night in Starkville. And I think this is this is what he's trying to get through to his team. And I think I I kind of sense that. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's a there's a sense of urgency and there is a toughness and a physicality that Alabama football is playing with right now. Rodney Orr with us. So uh, looking ahead and, and certainly not asking you to make a prediction. We'll do that tomorrow night on on TITV. But what are some keys uh, in your mind for Alabama uh, in what is going to be an incredibly hostile environment? Uh, that that place will be literally shaking and they are hungry a&m people want it they want it bad they feel like if they win this game of course it would be you know classic a&m to win it and then get tripped up somewhere along the line but uh it's going to be rough out there what 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 are some keys for alabama uh to go out there and have a chance to win the game well i think first off some of them are the same as they've always been you know they 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 certainly can't this is a hostile crowd how are they going to deal with that and i think you know, what they did in Starkville was, was certainly a, a kind of a tune-up for that. Uh, it's an opportunity that, uh, you know, they needed on the road. And and so, but what they're going into Saturday is going to be a little bit different. I mean, you've got all these Aggies and there's a lot, it's a lot bigger stadium. It's a lot louder. Uh, so it can be intimidating. So how do they handle that offensively? How does Milrow handle that? Uh, so I think Saturday night was probably good for him. Um, you know, so protect the football, obviously. And I, and I think too, when you look at Alabama defensively, I think they have to stop the run. I mean, you, you could say that every game, but I really think they have to stop the, the run and, and kind of force the game more into Max Johnson. He's a, he's an, he's a solid passer. I mean, he can make things happen, but I think they've got to stop the run and then they have to, I think, think they have to pressure him. They have to get on him. He, he was much, much less effective when Arkansas really came after him and got pressure on him. Uh, so I think that's that, that's the two keys, keys defensively: stop the run and really get a lot of pressure on him. And and again, offensively, protect the ball. Uh, you know, establish the the front, run running the football, um, and, and you kind of dictate the tempo. You know, but if A and M on the other hand can shut down Alabama's run and then force the game into Milrose hands as a passer, that's probably to their advantage. So it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, how it unfolds. It's going to be a really, really interesting uh, battle. And lastly, Rodney, you look at what happened over there in Oxford, unbelievable game. You look at, you know, Georgia having to win it late against Auburn at Jordan Hare. Uh, you look at what Kentucky did to Florida. I mean, this league is, is tough. It's competitive. I'm not sure there's a dominant team in the conference. And I think for most of these teams, every week, it, it's going to be a dogfight, Alabama included. Well, you said one player or a couple of players can make a difference. I, I just think you take Brock Bowers away from Georgia. Oh, they lose the game. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty average offense, you know, uh, might be average anyway. I don't know. But, um, so I think that's a, that it's a real key. I look at, I look at Ole Miss and, and I'm telling you, I watch their game and I'm not trying to, you know, but that defense of theirs, I mean, it, it was reminiscent of a couple of, you know, the games we saw with when Golding was here. I mean, they were just out of position. They didn't seem to know who to cover. I mean, it just wasn't. 
uh, and that's why one reason I really like what I see from the Alabama defense so far. I think they're fundamentally much better. Uh, but yeah, that was a crazy game. I mean, hey, hey, how about this, Gary? I mean, Brian Kelly's now 13 and six, I think it is, his first 19 games at LSU. Uh, I, I think right now, if there's a team that may be underachieving, it's, it's LSU. I mean, it's LSU and the SEC West. That's, that's kind of what I see. I'm with you 100%. I mean, at some point, uh, you know, Kelly's going to have to be judged like the rest of these coaches in this league. I mean, <laughs> good first year, not spectacular, and now two losses already. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. All right, great stuff, Roddy. And, of course, TiderInsider.com will be pumping out info um, continually and, and all through football season. Tell people how they can become a member. Well, it's tighterinsider.com. It's only $48 a year, and you can get instant access with your credit card. If you prefer, there is an address there to send a check, and that gives you all the premium information, but also our all-sports forum. I mean, that thing's been rocking, uh, you know, Gary, for uh, since, the, since the opening kickoff the first game. I mean, it has been nonstop on tighterinsider.com. Thanks a lot, Rod. See you tomorrow night. Okay. Take care. All right, Rodney Orr. It's 9.52 here on the Gary Harris Show. And a quick word about uh, our incredible Bama football trivia giveaways that we have every Friday. We give away that unbelievable print. I've, I've talked to the winner. going to set it up for him to pick it up, perhaps someone in his family pick it up. We do it every Friday, courtesy of T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. Uh, that print from the um, that we gave away this past uh, Friday, Hand signed. Uh, it's by several of the players from the 2000 and, and um, 17 national championship team, and uh, just an unbelievable print. Courtesy of T Town Menswear and T Town Gallery in the University Mall, and we'll do it again on Friday. All right, we're going to come back and wrap up the first hour and get you ready for hour number two right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Hey, Crimson Tide fans, if you have an automobile. And 11, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays unseasonably warm today. A good supply of sunshine, the high at 88. Mostly clear tonight, below 64. And we stay dry tomorrow and Wednesday. Mostly sunny both days. Highs between 86 and 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show, winding it down. And uh, listen, we, as I said, we didn't really get a chance. That's why I usually don't schedule guests until 930, because I like to have time to kind of talk about some different things. But we got phone calls right off the bat, and then we had Casey moved up to 915, and then we had Rodney. But in this next hour, and I understand, Robert, in Birmingham, we're going to get to you to crank, uh, start off the second hour. We're going to have plenty of time for phone calls in the second hour. So uh, hang tight with us, and the folks that couldn't get through, we will get to you. Hey, another three-digit code with a 30K Workday Payday is coming up at the start of the next hour for your chance.
chance to win cash on Tide 100.9 FM. Tide 100.9 is your home for the 30K workday pay. You can't win if you don't play. Grab another code at the beginning of the next hour. All right, that's going to wrap it up for hour number one. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of making. Find out more at alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Hour number two is coming up. We're guest-free in the second hour, so we're going to be able to talk more football. We're going to be able to talk NASCAR. We didn't have a chance to even mention the Yellowwood 500. Great race yesterday at Talladega. And uh, NFL, Bama in the NFL is always a big deal on Sundays. And uh, so we'll discuss all that and more in the second hour right here on the Gary Harris Show. Patterson Comerlus' Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. It's the Tide 100.9 30K Workday payday. Win cash every weekday, 8 to 5. Here's this hour's cash code. One, five, zero. Again, that's one, five, zero. The code is one, five, zero. Enter that code now on the Tide 100.9 app. Click on the 30K payday button and enter the code for a chance to win $30,000. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Former Utah wastewater operator Corey Lee Martin has been indicted for allegedly using his official position or office for personal gain. Para is not booking any more events at the Northport Community Center after this coming Saturday. A final vote by the Northport City Council on the sale of the facility expected next month. In Perry County, here in West Alabama, the highest gas prices in the state, $3.56 a gallon, 25 cents a gallon higher than the state average. The Tuscaloosa County average, $3.30 a gallon. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa, Alabama Sports Updates. And severe weather information, download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. 
The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show. Presented by Diet Pepsi on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show for this Monday, October 2nd, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. we got uh, Justin Jones manning the controls. Noah Haynes helping us out as well. As I said, we're going to get the phone phone calls. They're lined up for us here in just a moment, starting off with Robert in Birmingham. This hour of the Gary Harris Show brought to you by... Of course, my good friends at Patterson Comer Law Firm and uh, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, they do it right. Feet on the ground in West Alabama, personal injury attorneys that will be here for you when you need them, eyeball to eyeball, and that is important. Paul's in Tuscaloosa. You can reach him at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. Patterson Comer Law Firm, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Find out more at PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, and we're going to get to these phone calls in the order that they came in, beginning with Robert in Birmingham, then we'll get to Tom, then we'll get to Joseph. Good morning, Robert. Thanks for your patience. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Yep. Hey, buddy. Um, I got to throw some comments at you. Don't need to comment. me. No need to no feet. I'm just I'm going to throw some things at you based on what Rodney said. Number one, the young golfer from um, Bama. He was up at Birmingham Country Club last week, and so, some people followed him around. What's the, what's the guy's name? It's so good. Nick Dunlap. Yeah, super nice. There were a lot of little kids trying to get his autograph and stuff, and he was very, very cool, very nice. Next thing, uh, all, the, all the defensive linemen, it's, we got two last year, but the two or three, two years before that, they're all at Georgia, and they're all at Texas A&M. You, uh, what Rodney said, that's correct. We, we, we haven't gotten the top of the food chain uh, for the most part the last three years defensive line. Number three, if this is my opinion, if if the, the offensive line is playing a lot better than they did against South Florida, if you put Simpson in there, I think he, he would be a better thrower of the football. But he doesn't have the running ability that that, that Milrow has. Um, and then, uh, and if Milrow, I think one, one thing here's here's my big thing. I get your comment on this. What he doesn't have, he doesn't have the nuances. And the, the the things that you expect an Alabama quarterback to have, quarterback play. There's a lot of yin and yang, and the little things you can't teach. His football IQ, I don't think, is that high, and he doesn't have the nuances to play the quarterback. That's why he looks so disjointed and out of sorts sometimes. Then other times he runs 50 yards for a touchdown. So, and out the nuances and, and the football IQ and the the yin and the yang that the quarterback, every quarterback we've ever had has. You don't develop that. I mean, if you don't have that by the time you're 15 or 16 or 17, I don't think you really that, – that's why he looks like he doesn't really know what he's doing sometimes. So that's that's my p- comment. I want to get your um, uh, get your reply on, and I uh, love the show, man. Thanks. All right, Robert. Thanks. Always good to hear from you. Um, yeah, I think there's some truth in what you say. I, I, I'm I'm – again, I'm, I'm more high – I'm higher on Jalen Milrow than some. I, I don't necessarily agree with what you said. A hundred percent. I think that he's learning the nuances. I don't think that uh, uh, maybe he's as gifted a thrower as 
as some that have come through here, obviously, and probably never will be. But as a complete package, I think he's got a chance to be a good quarterback. And I think he's starting to, to prove that. And, um, you know, he went 21 to 25, I think it was against, or 17 to 21 against Ole Miss and, and, uh, 10 to 12 against Mississippi State. So his percentage is really high. Didn't have an interception. As I said, I think he got robbed of, of a touchdown. I think the pass to, uh, Nyblack was a touchdown, and they never even looked at it. So I'm not ready to, to chime in with you 100% there, Robert. I, I think that, um, you know, I don't know what, exactly what you mean when you say the nuances. I mean, I think his feel in the pocket's getting better. I do think he still holds the ball too long sometimes. But as you said, when a play breaks down, he can he can beat you with his legs. I'm impressed with his arm. Uh, I think most of his mistakes in the pass game are not from lack of accuracy. They're just, you know, poor decisions or he doesn't see somebody or, or something like that. So, again, he's still a young quarterback. And I know you said what's his third year in the program. But still, we're looking at, you know, five starts in his career. He just made his first road start. He's going to face a huge task on Saturday afternoon at Kyle Field at College Station. But I, I believe that uh, Jalen Milrow's got a chance to be a good quarterback. I do. And I think that uh, that's why he's playing here. That's why he was recruited here. Uh, it's not a fluke that he's a quarterback at the University of Alabama. So we'll see what happens going forward. But I think that uh, I think he's getting better every week. And I'm starting to see the improvement. I think this team is forming an identity of how they want to play. And uh, I think he's the best option for Alabama quarterback right now. All right, let's get to Tom. He's next up here on the First Amendment Hotline. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Gary. How are you this morning? Doing well. You know... Yesterday, I watched the race, and uh, it was a barn burner, quality, top quality race. Sure was. And you watch that race, and then you know why Talladega is the premier track in auto races. You get that kind of race more times than not. And my guy, the 12-car Ryan Blaney, showed his rear end at the end of that race and took that race. And Harvick, being the wily old veteran, he had that thing. And I know they disqualified him. I'm not talking about NASCAR and their stupid crap. Uh, he, he didn't buy those windshield boats from us, so we got to disqualify him, idiot. And, uh, but anyhow, that wily old veteran had the crosshairs stuck on that finish line, and little young bucks, Showed him something, did he not? He really did. Uh, that that move he made was was perfect timing, perfect move, perfectly executed. And and I'm with you on the disqualification for for Harvick. I hate that. I, I'm really his final year, and and he's 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 second, and they're going to get him for illegal windshield fasteners. I guess rules are rules, but oh, yeah. but getting back to Blaney, yeah, Blaney, man, uh, he's got talent. I've told you in the past. My only question on Ryan Blaney is why doesn't he win more? You know, that's yeah. been my yeah, only I'm question with- on Ryan Blaney is why does he win more often? He's got the talent. He's with a great organization, well, you, but you yesterday he—you're right—he took it. He took it. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, then the Kevin Harvick did nothing wrong. It was just Ryan Blaney just uh, just outraced him. Oh, it was a drag race. I mean, Ryan called it just like it was when they they fooled around there and got themselves in position. And when it came right down to it, it was can I get my damn foot through this firewall and and beat him to the line? I love that kind of racing. Yeah, it was good stuff. It was a great race and a great day for racing. Terrific weather and, uh, you're, you're right, man. It's, a, it's exciting. Not everybody loves Talladega. Some of these guys can't stand it, but, well, uh, I'll tell you who can't. Let me, let me go into that. 
Mark Martin and Dale Jarrett, they were weak mentally and, uh, and, and they could not, they couldn't handle it. And, uh, they were always like, Mark Martin's, uh, he, he's the reincarnation of a Katie Diaz. And, uh, they, they couldn't handle the, uh, the speeds and the jostling that you had to do to win at, uh, Talladega. And, and that's why I say they're weak. And, uh, but, uh, but I tell you what, I was so proud of Ryan yesterday. He is the best of the whole group out there. He's the best super speedway driver out there. He's a good one. He's a, hey, listen, that's a, listen, that's all the momentum. He's, he's a serious championship contender now, dude. I mean, he's on to the next oh, round and, and, and the Penske team, uh, they could win their second in a row after Logano you know, won it last let year. Me, let me ask you about Penske. You know, yesterday I kept watching, kept watching and, and I, 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 I said, you know, that, that 12 car, it just does not have the horsepower and, and, uh, but I, I guess the way it finished, it proved me wrong. I yeah, you got proved wrong. You got proved wrong on that one. They had plenty of juice. That twelve, all those Yates uh, performance Fords, just they had juice. They 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 had uh, they had some fast cars. Uh, he had plenty. I guess that was strategy. I was looking. Maybe at. Maybe so. Yeah. Sometimes you know you 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 can be fooled. But yeah, when he when he needed it, he had it, and uh, he put the he put the you know well, put, Jerry, put the metal, and they they went. When you're running like that, uh, maybe, maybe it's not wise to show all your cards till the last 20 laps. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, sophisticated enough to understand it exactly. Yeah, All I know I is when he needed it on that last, that last restart, he had it. And, uh, and he made the right move at the right time. And, and once he got out front, nobody was, you know, listen, it was close. I mean, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a, it was a, you know, he won by a hair, but, uh, but he won. And you're right. It's a, it's a huge, yeah, it could be, it, listen, it could be a career defining race for, for Ryan Blaney. Cause if he goes on and wins a championship, so. he gets over the hump. Hey, great call, Tom. Tom, thanks. Yeah. All right, let's uh, Joseph's next up, and then we've got uh, Philip and Lewis. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Gary. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. Alabama's got the best defense in the nation. <laughs> they're they're good. I don't know that I'm right now ready to call them the best, but they're playing real well. You're right about that. They're playing better than Alabama. most. So maybe maybe you are right. Alabama's got a dang good defense on that man, but I'm going to say this about the offense. I'm going to, I'm going to say this clearly. I think Jerry Miro can throw, but I don't. The only thing he's still doing that I don't like, he's staring down receivers when he does throw them to him, and he's like, when he's they're trying to go through his progressions, he stares at one receiver. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with that. Somebody's going to get in zone, and they're going to disguise the coverage, and they're going to pick him off. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I mean, I don't mean to be, I don't, I ain't trying to be a Debbie Downer. Alabama's got an excellent run game. Our running backs are horses. They are horses. I mean, we, we got, I mean, our receivers, I don't think our receivers are the problem as people think they are. I mean, it's like in 20, 2017, people question, well, you know, Alabama don't have no receivers. Alabama don't have no receivers. Well, when Tua come into the national championship game, everybody thinks Tua started lighting everything up. I'm talking about starting like, dang, where all these receivers come from? Well, we've been had these receivers. We just got to have a quarterback that's a daggum gunslinger. And I love Miro, but he's not a gunslinger. He, he he's not a Tua. He's not he's not a Mac. He's uh he, he's he's not he, he's not a Bryce Young. He's not none of them. I mean, yes, he does stuff good on his own 
on stuff, he's, he's more of a dual threat than those guys are. Oh, yeah, he's a different kind of, different kind of quarterback. There's no doubt about it. There's, there's, uh, but uh, you know what? There, he's a different kind of quarterback, but they're playing a different way. And what they're trying to do, Joseph, is, is figure out how to win some games. And, uh, you know, they've, they've won a couple big ones in a row and they got an even bigger one on Saturday afternoon. So, you know, we'll see what they can do, my friend. And I say this, Gary, and I'm going to be honest with you. After seeing, I would, I'd, like to, I'd like to see Dylan Line again. I really would because I've seen all the rest of them, but I'd like to see Dylan Line, which I'll, he may not be ready. But I will say this. I do think he's the best we got on roster right now. I really do. And I, and that, but I'm going to go further to say this. When Julian Sayan, that big time number one in the country quarterback comes in next year, Make no mistake, Alabama is having to pay this kid NIL money to get him, get him here. I can guarantee you boosters and everybody that paid to get this kid here is going to want to give that kid at least a shot to start. I can promise you that, him being the number one kid in the country. All right, my friend. Great phone call, Joseph. Good to hear from you, buddy. Uh, you too, Gary. All right, thank you. All right, next up is going to be Philip, and then we've got Lewis, and then we've got uh, John. We'll take Philip, then we'll get to the break, and we'll come back with our other phone calls. Hey, good morning, Philip. Yes, sir. Good morning to you. I think uh, A&M uh, poses just a huge, significant problem for Alabama. Uh, since Johnson got in the lineup, um, first of all, I'll say that had, had Wegman not gotten hurt, I think Auburn would have beaten Texas A&M. But when he got hurt, A&M has scored 55 points with Johnson as the starting court, as the quarterback. Uh, they've given up 11 points in the last three games. Um, I think this is going to be a game where points are going to be really, really tough for Alabama to come by. I think it's going to be hard for Alabama to, to score over 14 points against A&M. Well, um, if they only score 14 points, they're probably going to lose the game. I mean, I, I, yes, I don't, sir. I don't see 14 points winning the game. So, uh, um, if that's the case, then they're, you know, they're probably going to lose. So I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't, you know, if, if, if points are hard to come by and they only get 14 points, they're, they're probably not going to win the football game. So, um, you know, it could be that kind of game. I, I, you know, right now I'm, you know, I picked A&M to win the game in the preseason and I'm probably going to stay with it. I think that this is a tough yeah. spot for Alabama, but I never count Alabama out of a game. But yeah, if well, they can't, you know, if they can't generate more offense than that, I mean, A&M's got a good defense. I, I give you that. Miami didn't have any problems scoring on them. Um, that's, that, that's what I was about to get to. Uh, Alabama's got to look at that film and, and really dissect it and see what Miami did, not only on offense, they scored 48 points, but they, they've got to see what they did to, um, you know, to win the game defensively, too. Um, they outscored them by 15 points to win. So Alabama's got a lot to look at in that game. And then, you know, they've got to see what Arkansas did, too. Uh, Arkansas only scored 22 and lost by 12. Um, I think Alabama's got a much better defense than Arkansas. So overall, I'm looking for a fairly low-scoring game, lower than, than, than people anticipate, but I think Alabama's going to have a lot of difficulty scoring, scoring points, unfortunately. Well, um, I hope – go ahead. No, I was just going to say they may very well. I mean, listen, like I said, A&M, I think A&M's in a good spot right here. I think they're in a good spot. I think they got a good team. They're at home. Um, they're they're waiting there for Alabama. And, and like I said, I mean, I, I 
No, Alabama's the favorite on paper in terms of the betting line, but I don't know that there are that many people that actually view Alabama as the favorite here. So, but that's what, that's what you, uh, that's what you do in this league. You, you, you go play these tough games and you try to prove your mettle. And I would never count Alabama out. I've seen, I've seen Nick Saban and Alabama come through in this situation a lot and maybe they will on Saturday, but I'm kind of with you right now. I'm, I'm leaning toward A&M. Uh, I think A&M's you know, probably going to win the football game. But I've been wrong probably more than I'm right. So that's that may be a good thing. Well, Gary, I'm um, excited about my my chosen team from this uh, this past May 11th. I said that LSU would lose to uh, Missouri this week this weekend, and now's my chance. So I think Missouri's going to be straight. Well, you've had you've been fight. on Missouri's bandwagon. I told you before. If you if this thing plays out and. And uh, Missouri is a serious contender to, or makes it to Atlanta. I'll give you all the props because so far so good for you. You're right. I I, I still don't think um, they're going to make it to Atlanta, but at the same time, they've proved me wrong so far. And if they win on Saturday, that'll be another big feather in their cap. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And I'll tell you one thing: uh, Missouri's got a heck of a lot better defense than, than Ole Miss. Uh, heck of a lot better. Well, may very well be. I mean, I, yeah. I, uh, you know, we'll see. I, uh, I thought that was one of those weird games with LSU and, and Ole Miss where neither defense, it just, it just turned into a shootout. And, um, uh, you know, you may be right. So we'll, we'll find out. Like well, I said, I'm, I'm we'll giving you kudos for your Missouri pick. Well, well, a little early, but we'll certainly see. I'm pulling for Missouri to, to, to win and, and do well. And I think they, I think they handle LSU straight up. Oklahoma, Texas, going to be a great game. Maryland and Ohio State. Keep an eye on that one. All right, Philip. Thank you. Bye. All right, it's ten nineteen. We got to get to the break, and we'll come back with uh, Lewis and then John T. And I'm uh, going to have a word coming up here very shortly on a new sponsor that's joining the program too. But keep it dialed into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide one hundred point nine FM. We'll be right back. Looking for somewhere to hang out and watch the Crimson Tide? As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just eight forty nine. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays unseasonably warm today. A good supply of sunshine, the high at 88. Mostly clear tonight, below 64. And we stay dry tomorrow and Wednesday. Mostly sunny both days. Highs between 86 and 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 100.9 All right, 1022, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And the phones are ringing off the hook on the First of Kato's hotline. So we're going to keep it rolling. We've got to Lewis and then John T. And then we got another call coming in. Hey, good morning, Lewis. Good morning, Gary. Love the show. Thanks. And listen, I don't want to come, <laughs> I don't want to come off as a grouchy old man or anything, but this cowbell situation is absolutely ridiculous. It's a joke. It's, it's an absolute joke. And I told you and, and everybody that's listening, I spent some time in Mississippi. I worked over there in broadcasting. I love Mississippi State fans. I think Mississippi State fans may be as 
as grounded as any fan base in this conference as far as their expectations. But the but the cowbell stuff is a joke. It's unfair. Uh, they have a noise noise maker ordinance in this conference for every school other than Mississippi State. And uh, why? You know, why? Why, why did they get away with it, Gary? Well, why? because why they, they were able to make the argument that it's part of their their culture and their tradition, and you know there's. They're, and I will say this: for the most part, they do do a pretty good job of silencing them up before the snap. But but not everybody does. And I'm just telling you, after sitting there through four quarters, your ears ring. Uh, they ring literally. You're hearing cowbells all the way back from from Starkville to Tuscaloosa. So I don't know the answer. Um, they were able to lobby the SEC, and um, you know the cowbells are are here to stay. It looks like so. Just have to deal with it. I know, Gary, but here's the thing, and I know, I've know i noticed this when I've seen them play on TV. I wouldn't go there for a game if you paid me. But anyway, <laughs> um, they do stop, for the most part, banging them while, before the snap. Now, some people are still playing them. I heard that during the game. Oh, yeah. As soon as the quarterback gets that ball in his hand, they are beating them like heck, and that's a, still a live play. So this bull crap about, oh, well, they – they quit clanging them. As soon as uh, Neil Rowe got that ball in his hand, that place went berserk with those clanging things. That just drives me crazy. The, the, the conference has no backbone on this, and it's a, a, an advantage to them. Uh, one last thing, Gary. What if Alabama and LSU and these other powerhouse schools, you know, Georgia, what if they said, okay, we're playing Mississippi State. Bring your cowbells. We'll call them Bama Bells when we, or whatever. And let's clang the heck out of them when we play them. If we did that, the, the SEC would change the rules in a heartbeat. That's just my feelings. You got anything else to add to this? I'm well, no, I'm in agreement with you. I said the same thing Saturday. I can't believe they're allowed to bring them into the stadium. And, and, no. uh, but, and, and, you know, I think some of it, although Mullen had a couple of really good teams, is I think people are like, well, Mississippi State, you know, they're not in contention for the SEC championship anyway. But what if they are? And then you got to go over there and play. Yeah. It, it is an unfair advantage. But, you know, it's the same thing about some of this stuff you just have to live with. You know, it's like, it's like the, the deal with rushing the field. The SEC keeps finding people. Uh, if you want to keep people off the field, you can do it. You can do it. And, yeah. you know, we had a situation Saturday where a kid came screaming up in a LSU's player's face and, and, um, yelling some obscenities and bumped into him. The guy decked him. And, uh, I don't know why we haven't heard as much about that as we heard about, you know, uh, Burton last year. All he did was just kind of shoo somebody away almost. But, but you're going to have a major incident. Fans have no business on the field. I'm sorry. I've been saying that. You know, I've been consistent. Whether it's LSU or Ole Miss or Alabama versus anybody, you know, you're going to have a major incident with, with somebody. I mean, somebody really getting hurt. And, um, but the SEC continues to kind of wink, wink, or we're going to keep finding you. But if you want to keep people off the field, you put armed, you put armed security around the field. And then you also, you, you, you make it really, maybe you're going to get caught. You're going to have to give up a home game next year or something. You, you can make it serious, serious enough that people will uh, will quit doing it. So, But as far as the cowbells, all I can tell you is I think they're here to stay, and you just have to go over there and silence them with the old-fashioned way by, by beating them. And by the end of the game, I will say this, those are good fans over there, but by the end of the game, most of the, the cowbells have gone quiet. That's true. Well, Gary, uh, Clay Travis made a two weeks out of that uh, situation when they beat Alabama, you know, and the, and the, and the Bama – Where'd Lewis go? Lewis? I'm trying to get off the field. 
Yeah, you know he did. They, like I said, they made Jermaine Burton into a, uh, a, a you know, into a really bad uh, situation to yeah. keep on about it. And this LSU guy, of course, I don't blame the LSU kid. He got bumped into, but I haven't heard much about that. But again, you know, and I know, Lewis. When it's Alabama, it's always magnified. That's just the reality of it. Hey, I need to move on. Good to hear from him, my friend. Okay. Roll time, Gary. Love the show. All Bye. right. Let's get to uh, let's get to John T here real quick, and um, we'll try to uh, get another phone call in. Hey, good morning, John T. Hey, good morning. A uh, couple things. Uh, when are you going to bring back bumper uh, bumper music trivia? I enjoyed that so much. I'm sure everybody else did. Yeah, it was a good segment, and we bumper music trivia Wednesday, and we were doing it, and then we went through a period where we had a bunch of I had a bunch of different uh, control room people and producers and board ops, and and now they got Justin here every week, uh, every day. We, we may go back to it. It's one of those things where I enjoy it, and people enjoy it. We gave away a nice prize, and uh, we may try to get it back going. It just for a while we had so many different people in there every week that I couldn't. You need some consistency when you're. Doing that kind of stuff, and you know, I'd have somebody new in there, and I'd be like, "Bumper trivia music, uh, trivia Wednesday." They'd be like, "What?" And they didn't really know how to do it. So uh, we may start it back up, though, John T. Well, cool. Well, I've got one more thing to say, and I'll hang up and um, uh, get your take on it. Um, I was really impressed with the uh, young man from uh, Pickens County. I think Jamarian Latham played a pretty good game. He did. And, He's uh, a good soft player. Did he? Did he? Did he? Did he start because somebody's injured because I, I i don't know i just all of a sudden was like man he's playing a bunch this game yeah well he you deserves know? to play and i i don't know uh you know i did he start the game I, i'm not i'm not i don't sure. think he started the game there. but he but he played a lot and he, he's in the yeah. he's in the rotation and he's a very athletic kid you know he's a little undersized but he's athletic and um it means something to him. He's passionate with how he plays, and I'm with you, John T. I like, I like. Of course, he's a local kid, so I covered him in high school, so I really like that fat. But I think he's a good football player. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'll hang up and um, have a good one, man. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you, John T. And I appreciate the words on Buffer Music Trivia Wednesday. And that may, be, that may be something that we bring back, and maybe even TV show theme song Thursday at some point. Justin, I used to have all kinds of things around here. All right, let's get to Cole, and then we got to hit the break. Good morning, Cole. Who mentioned about Missouri? Kentucky is a threat in the SEC, no doubt about it. I think Kentucky could easily run through the, the SEC East. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think Kentucky's a threat. I think Missouri's a threat. I mean, Georgia looks... We got to we gotta go at Kentucky. I'll worry about that game. Well, I'll worry about them all, dude. I mean, it's the yeah, SEC. This road, our road stand is tough this year for Bama. It is. It is. And that, you're right, that Kentucky... That Kentucky game, you know, you'd much rather be going to Vanderbilt. I'm not going to lie to you, probably yeah. uh, some other places. But, uh, hey, you know, you got to worry about that one when you get to it. So they got a lot yeah. of – listen, they got one this Saturday that needs to be the focus right now, and that's the I game know, right. field, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I worry about all these road games right now. I don't well, know what's going to happen. You should. It's tough. You know, they're not yeah. they're not supposed to be easy. It's the SEC and it's the road. No. It's just Alabama's made it look yeah. easy for a lot but of years. But with it being 2.30 it, – I thought a lot better than a six o'clock game. It I, is, I, it is, but a little bit. It, it still be cranked. So, well, who's yeah. uh, who do you think's going to win Saturday, Cole? <sighs> Back and forth. I mean, with it being two thirty, I like Bama right now. All right, with it two thirty, I like it because it's day game, day game on the road. That's better than an eight o'clock, two o'clock game yep. over there. Because remember when we lost two years ago over there at night, it was tough. So, with All it right, being two thirty, it helps us. 
I got to hit the break. Good to hear from you, Cole. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Kentucky. Kentucky's a serious, serious contender too. All right, we got to get to the break. When we come back, we're gonna. I'm gonna introduce you to a new sponsor, and uh, we're excited about Houston Hyder Steam, and we're gonna talk with Jackie Houston, the owner, uh, about that for a couple of minutes when we come back on the other side, and then we'll have plenty more time for phone calls all the way up uh, until the end of the show. So keep it dialed in. We'll be right back with uh, more of the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM, your home for Alabama sports. The pandemic. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good good about your money covering university of alabama sports as well as the national and local scene as well the gary harris show only on tide 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 app All right, 1033, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. We've been busy this morning, and uh, we'll have plenty more time for phone calls uh, the rest of the way out. Right now, I'm going to jump out on the First of Maine Condos hotline and welcome in uh, a new sponsor to the program. Jackie Houston is with us, and, uh, boy, he's got an outstanding business that we want to promote, Houston Hydrosteam Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning. And uh, Jackie is going to kind of kick off our sponsorship this morning here on the hotline. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? Good morning, Gary, and Roll Tide. Absolutely, sir. Glad to have you joining us here on the program. And tell us a little more about Houston Hydrosteam Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning. What all you offer? Well, Gary, I started my business in 1984. We've been in business a long time. Our business has grown tremendously over the years, obviously. We have a carpet and a upholstery cleaning business. We go out on location and clean uh, residential carpets as well as commercial carpets. We do uh, tile and grout cleaning. I mean, maybe your bathroom, your kitchen, uh, the grout, the tile's gotten dirty. We clean those as well. Um, a few years back, I built a big shop, and now we offer um, Oreo rug cleaning and area rug cleaning. Mm. We come to your home and pick up your rugs and take them to the shop and clean them uh, in these machines that are bought and return them, and they look fantastic. Your motto is quality work you can stand on. And I guess what impressed me when uh, we were talking about you joining the program as, as one of our sponsors was what you just said earlier. Since 1984, uh, you know, what that tells me, when you're in business 39 years, uh, you do it right. You don't make it. You don't make it 39 years unless you know what you're doing and you treat the customers well. Otherwise, you, 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 you know, you'll, you'll, you'll run through it. But uh, 39 years uh, in business, that's, that's impressive. Well, thank you very much. You know, that is, that's been the motto, uh, of our company. And that was the reason I started the company is because, you know, the customer comes first and you want to have, uh, do a quality job, have quality employees and you want to make them feel special. You want to make them feel like that their job is the most important job that you have. And we try everything we can possibly do to try to satisfy our customers and do a quality job. Home-owned and local, too. How big is that? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, it's um, it's a big thing because when you call my company, uh, certainly we hope there's never a problem with anything we do. But if there is, you know what we do? We just fix it. And you don't have to go through a string of a long people talking about 
why you can't fix this or why you can't fix that. We just address the problem and fix it if there is one. So, folks, if you need carpet and upholstery cleaning, oriental rug cleaning, residential, commercial, water damage, deodorizing, fabric protection, tile and grout cleaning, they can handle it for you. Free estimate. You'll be contacted shortly after the request is received. Professionally trained technicians offering you 100% satisfaction. Appointments set around your schedule. No hidden charges or fees. Extra care and attention given to trouble areas. And I know uh, you run some monthly specials, too, don't you, Jackie? Yes, yeah, sir. From time to time, we do. We'll do... Uh... We do a sofa, we'll clean a chair free. We have fabric protection that, you, that we can apply to your carpet after we cleaned it. Or uh, new, new furniture, if you buy a new piece of furniture, we can put this fabric protector on there. Makes it stay cleaner longer, makes it clean up faster. And we just, you know, we try to pay a lot of attention to detail when it comes to cleaning and restoring people's fabrics. Absolutely. HoustonHydrasteam.com is the website. Give them a phone number where they can get in touch with you, Jackie. Well, um, we have a, a lady that sits in the office, and she is my secretary. Her name is Tracy. Our business number is 205-553-9460. And we would certainly appreciate you giving us a call today. And let's get everything cleaned up. Let's get this football season rolling with clean carpets and clean upholstery and clean tile. And if you have any rugs, please bring them to us or we will be glad to pick them up for you. Absolutely. It's football season. You're having parties at the house. You want your house to look good, but then sometimes after a party, we know what can happen. Things can get spilled. Couches can get stained. Houston Hydro Steam Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning will take care of it for you. Give them a call today, 205-553-9460, or find out more at HoustonHydroSteam.com. Looking forward to working with you. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you very much, Gary. Have a great day and long time. We hear you. All right, 1038 here on the Gary Harris Show, and we're excited about that uh, that company. In fact, I'm going to have Jackie out to, to my condo here soon to uh, do some do some work for me. So Houston HydroStream, locally owned, locally operated. If you need work in uh, your house with your carpet, your upholstery, whatever it may be, your grout and your showers, Man, make it Houston Hydrostream. Really impressed with this company. I told you before, I do what I call relationship advertising. I don't go around cold calling people and all that. You know, this show is uh, just a sideline for me. I enjoy it, but I do relationship advertising and I don't advertise or let someone advertise with me unless I believe in what they do and how they do it. And I believe in Houston Hydrostream carpet and upholstery cleaning. I guarantee you that. All right. We're open for phone lines on the first and main condos hotline at 205-342-9904. All right. We're going to talk, uh, Tom call. But uh, we got our man Justin Jones was at the race yesterday. He was at the Yellowwood 500. Tom gave us a nice little um, recap as well. But it was a heck of a race. Of course, I watched Sunday NFL. I'm not going to lie to anybody. You know how important that is to me. I recorded the race and then went back after I'd watched the uh, early football games uh, with my pal Bruce Wright and uh, went back and watched the race and uh, kind of fast forwarded through it. But uh, Justin, you were there. Uh, beautiful day for stock car racing. Great race, a lot of intensity, and then, uh, like Tom said, you got to give it to Ryan Blaney. Now, on that last restart, he got it done. It it was a great day. Uh, the weather was nice. There was a slight breeze. Uh, I feel like last year in October, uh, I got severely sunburned, so I'll take what I could yesterday. Um, man, it's always just so fun. I'm I'm newer to NASCAR, Gary, so I'm not fully knowledgeable on everything that's going on. And before I had attended Talladega, I probably would have told you, that NASCAR wasn't fun to watch. Or it was boring. <laughs> you changed your mind now, didn't you? It is 
Man, it is so much fun and incredible when those cars are going by you at 200-plus miles an hour. I, I, I really love it now, um, especially with how great the race was yesterday. It was outstanding. And uh, I uh, used to go to Talladega a lot back in the earlier portion of my television career. I think I said last week, I think it's been 2013 since I've been to a race. That's 10 years. I need to get back over there, too. And I will say this, back up what Justin said. Whether you're a race fan or not, if you live in this state, you need to attend a race at Talladega. First of all, Justin, I know, of course, like I said, I lived in Calhoun County and worked at the TV station there years ago, so it was just right down the road for me. You don't understand the magnitude of how big that track is until you're there. And people talk about the 70-degree banking and all that stuff. Um, when you see it for yourself, you, even the pace car, you got to keep – I think you got to – Minimum speed of 65, 70 miles an hour just to hold that banking. You can hardly walk up it. it you saw it for yourself. How impressive is that banking on those on those turns? Yeah, it's, I, especially just when you're sitting there and you see them hit the bank, mm -hmm. you're like, those cars are sideways. Yes, they are. <laughs> They're on the side, and it didn't slow them down a nope. bit. I think the craziest thing to me, though, with just the speed alone, Gary, there was two uh, big uh, – spin outs uh crashes there at talladega yesterday and man they were they were spinning out about right before the finish line and then they're they're sliding all the way to turn one and that's how fast they're going they're they're you know sideways burning rubber uh all the way down there to turn one it really it's just hard to imagine and it, and you don't ca and capture that when you're watching it on tv it, I really recommend anybody to, if you haven't been to a NASCAR race, you need to go. It's so fun. How disappointing is it? Rules are rules, but how disappointing is it that Kevin Harvick in his final season almost won the race, lost by inches, and then gets disqualified for windshield issue? Man, that's disappointing. It it was, and th that was what was so exciting about it. Did it get announced while you were still at the race? I or, didn't hear it okay. get announced. Um, but I did hear about it later, of course, and it's just awful it's hard especially like you said in his last season but there was a handful of guys there at the end um with those late cautions that came out and changed the leaders that could have won it all and man blaney was driving incredible all day though did you see on saturday you weren't there saturday but after the truck race man they had a good old-fashioned uh nick sanchez got bloodied uh during a race with matt a fight with Matt uh, Crafton. Did you see that? I did. Uh, tensions were high for sure. Um, I'm not sure the uh, context of the fight, um, but emotions were flying high. I was really, though, um, excited and hoping for, uh, as we know, we had uh, Ryan Priest and, and Chase Briscoe in the in the Wonder Bread in the Old Spice car um, from Talladega Nights, which our friend Matt Coulter, you know, uh, movie star Matt Coulter. Had Did you get to movie. see Matt? Uh, I didn't. Um, and I, mean, I, I knew you wouldn't have probably chance to talk with him. I didn't know if you could see him in Victory yeah. Land or something. After I, I, I was hearing him for sure, yeah. so I thought that was cool, but I knew he was incredibly busy, didn't want to bother him. Um, but I was really hoping maybe we'd see, uh, you know, maybe somebody running around on the track shirtless, screaming around, I don't know, Talladega Nights. But, and then, and the Wonder Red car was in the lead there early for, for a couple laps. So that well, was I'm fun. glad you, uh, I'm glad you got to go and I'm glad you got to experience that. And, uh, it's quite a, quite an event. All right. 1043 here on the Gary Harris show. And, uh, you know, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, I'm headed over there after my show today to get a workout in. Uh, personal training is something I'm an advocate of and for. If you, uh, if you struggle with your fitness goals, if you have a very a busy schedule and you don't have a lot of 
train time to train. You need to maximize it. And maybe you just haven't been able to get the results that you're looking for by yourself. One-on-one personal training sessions are available at the YMCA, or you can work out with, with a partner. Uh, all of their trainers, Bennett Elmore, Riley Strickland, and Michael Johnson are certified by all the different certifying, um, Areas. I mean, I'm looking at their resumes right now. All these folks have so many different certifications. I mean, in other words, they're top notch and, uh, it'll be an experience. Uh, they're very reasonably priced as well. So look at personal training. You can find out more at ymcatuscusa.org forward slash personal dash training and check their prices, check their qualifications. And, uh, maybe you need a personal trainer to help you get to where you want to go. All right. We're going to take a break. We got one final segment to go here on the program and uh, we'll take phone calls. Phones have been ringing off the hook today. Uh, Alabama gets it done in Starkville. Auburn comes up. Um, you know, we'll talk more about Auburn as we get into the week. But they almost had whew, biggest upset in college football in a while uh, when they ne- nearly knocked off the Georgia Bulldogs at Jordan Hare, but came up short. We can talk about any of those games uh, or whatever you want to talk about in this final segment. We'll be back to wrap up the Gary Harris Show. One more segment to go right here on this Monday. We'll be back after this. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Tuesday, 7.30. Kevin Skarbansky will join us. We'll look back at the Mississippi State game and then look forward to Texas A&M over the weekend. Also, take your phone calls in the second hour. You're listening to Todd 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays unseasonably warm today. A good supply of sunshine, the high at 88. Mostly clear tonight, the low 64. And we stay dry tomorrow and Wednesday. Mostly sunny both days. Highs between 86 and 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1048. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Bam in the NFL. So much fun every weekend. Uh, yesterday, Ridley catches a touchdown pass for the Jaguars as they beat the Falcons. Justin, this is what happens in the NFL. I mean, listen, the Dolphins are still really good. They're really good on offense, but they ran into a buzzsaw yesterday. I guess the division, the, uh, Still runs through Buffalo. Bills put it on two in the Dolphins, 48 to 20. Uh, golly, Patrick Tain's Broncos uh, got a, their first win. They came back from a big, big deficit. And Kareem Jackson had an interception in that game to beat the Bears. Um, let's see. Derrick Henry, 122 yards, had a rushing touchdown, threw another touchdown, his fourth touchdown pass of his career. Uh, let's see who else shined. Oh, all oh, everywhere. Jalen Hurts, another big game. Brian Robinson had a good game in that Eagles commanders game. You know, Bryce Young's struggling a little bit. It's, um, his, his, in fact, they were up 13 to 7. You saw he got hit and fumbled a defensive touchdown for the Vikings to kind of put them out front. I don't understand NFL GMs when they want to go get a big superstar quarterback, but then they don't have a line. To well, them. it's just the way it is. It's a process. D'Amico Ryan's man, uh, one of my favorite players when he was here, here at Alabama about 20 years ago, gets the Texans two straight wins. They beat the Steelers. Badly, 20, uh, 30 to 6. Uh, Josh Jacobs and the Raiders come up short. Mac Jones had a terrible game as the Cowboys blew out the Patriots. He's feeling some heat. But you know what? It is what it is. Every Sunday in 
Thursday, Sunday, and Monday in the NFL, you're going to get Bama in the NFL. All right, let's jump out of the first of main condos hotline and George uh, in making us with us. Hey, George. How you doing, Gary? Um, just want to make a few comments about the Talladega track. Um, several years ago, I was there with a driving experience where they let you drive one of the cars, and um, they let you go pretty fast, and it, it, it's amazing. You're right. It's so much larger than what you can even imagine. And the people that um, paid a little extra that rode with um, some experts, you know, and they got as close to the wall as two or three inches. They said that was just an incredible experience. But mainly I want to talk about Milrow, Jalen Milrow. I mean, I think he's doing a fantastic job. I'm glad that you took up for him. And I think that um, I don't, like you say, we aren't going to recruit a quarterback that isn't good. And every game that he has, he's going to have a little bit more experience, and he's going to get that much better. I mean, I don't know of that many quarterbacks that we've had that immediately the first game they played was super fantastic except for Bryce Young. And there aren't many Bryce Youngs out there, but I just wanted to – and um, Jalen Hurt, his first game, he looked pretty good. But he they're you working Jalen Milrow kind of like they did Jalen Hurt. You know, read one or twice and then take off. And every time that the ball is uh, snap has hit his um, feet, he's running for a touchdown. I don't know that many quarterbacks that have done that, but I, I appreciate the way that you take up for him because I think we can win a lot with him. But a lot's going to depend on the defense. I think we got a good defense. And again, um, the print looked fantastic in the frame, and I really appreciate it. Well, I'm glad you were able to win it, and I'm glad you like it. And uh, I always appreciate your phone calls, George. Thank you, see you. Thank you, George and Macon there. Uh, he won a, one of our prints from a couple of weeks ago. And, again, we'll be giving away uh, something special again on this Friday from T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. All right, getting back to uh, to Alabama and Texas A&M, I kind of let the hat out of the bag a, a little bit with one of the phone calls. But, listen, Justin, you remember when I went through my game-by-game predictions preseason, and I always do reserve the right to change my – Mine, because as the season plays out, you, you view things differently. But I picked Alabama to go 11-1 and one in the preseason, and I didn't pick them to lose to Texas. The loss that I had them pegged with was at A&M. So I think Alabama can win this game. I'll make my score prediction tomorrow night on Tider Insider TV. I think Alabama can win this game, uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to pick them. I, I think A&M's in a good spot here. Very rarely, as you know, do I pick against Alabama, but uh, I haven't seen anything that would make me change my mind from my preseason prediction. I think this is a good spot for A&M. I think they're going to win this game, but um, I hope I'm wrong. I think watching the A&M game against Arkansas at Jerry's World yesterday, really, I was, I was concerned before, but that defensive line for A&M with seven sacks I think I don't know what they ended up finishing with it really shocked me because a struggle for us this year has been our offensive line and if those pass rushers are playing well well you heard Rodney say it that that defensive line is is full of five stars I mean these guys were they're the creme de la creme of high school football recruiting and they're coming into their own now I will say this in defense of the offensive line they're getting better Uh, I see a lot of improvement from the first game to now Alabama's offensive line is a lot better 
Caden Proctor's getting some experience. And I'm glad they're putting Elijah Pritchett in there at left tackle some, too. I think he's played well. I mean, he's a good-looking athlete. And I think the offensive line has gotten better. But you're right. They're going to be tested. They haven't been tested like this since the Texas game. Texas has got a similar type front. And Alabama had problems with that group. So they need to get it cleaned up this week. Alabama needs to have a great week of preparation and practice. Of course, Nick Saban's press conference coming up at noon today. You'll hear it live on uh, Big Noon Sports. But this is a huge game. It, it is a it is a game where it guarantees you nothing. But if you win it, you are the clear favorite in the SEC West. You're if you the winner of this game, then everything goes through you. And what I mean by that is the only two unbeaten teams right now in the SEC West are Alabama and Texas A and M. Everybody else has got at least a, you know one loss, and so if you go out there and you beat Texas A and M, then you control your own destiny all the way. Don't have to have any help. Don't have to have anybody um, beat somebody else for you. All you have to do is go out there and do it yourself. Because the winner in this game is going to be three and zero. Right now, already. LSU's got a loss. Ole Miss has got a loss. Arkansas, Auburn, and Mississippi State have multiple losses. Arkansas and Auburn are 0-2. Mississippi State's 0-3. You're 2-0. A&M's 2-0. So, I mean, that, that tells you all you need to know. And over in the East, you've got three teams that are unbeaten. Georgia and Kentucky are both 2-0. Missouri's 1-0. So, it doesn't guarantee you the SEC West, but let's be honest. If you win this game... Uh, you would have to lose twice not to go. That's a fact. You win this game, you'd have to lose twice. Even one loss, and you would still have the inside track. I guess you wouldn't be guaranteed because I assume, you know, LSU, if they don't lose again and they beat you head up, you see what I'm saying? So there'd be some tiebreakers in play there. But regardless, the winner of this game is the clear-cut favorite to win the SEC West. So it's a huge game. And I think, I just think A&M's in a good spot. I think that for whatever reason, I don't know, give Miami credit. They got lit up at Miami. I mean, lit up. <laughs> but since then, um, they've been good. And, and that was a, you know, 12 point win against Arkansas there at Jerry World. A big win for A&M. So they're in a good spot. But you know what? Alabama's playing its best football. The last six quarters, Alabama has been really solid. But now they're going to face their biggest challenge of the year on the road. Obviously, there was a big challenge at home, and they didn't pass the test against Texas. You don't want to do the double. You don't want to do the double against the Texas schools. You don't want to lose to A&M and Texas both. But this is a bigger game than Texas. As big as that game was, it was a non-conference game. This is a... Conference game, first place on the line, Saturday afternoon at Kyle Field in College Station. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Gary Harris Show for this Monday morning. And um, enjoy this great weather. And by the weekend, we're going to really have football weather. We're talking about lows and 50s and the 40s. I'm kind of looking forward to that. All right, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. with the Tuesday edition of the Gary Harris Show, The Miller's Edge, with Christian and Corey Miller coming up next, followed by Big Noon Sports with Matt and Lars from noon until 2, and then Ryan Fowler will take you home, as always, with a game from 2 until 6. 
this afternoon on Tide 100.9 FM. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again in the morning. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.